0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pie Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host, Kevin Franzen, and it is Saturday, July 27th. The Phillies are six and a half games back of Atlanta after the 9-2 loss last night in Philly, but hey. What I mean, it's, this is a series that you got to win. So there's two more to go, two more chances to get on top of the Bravos uh, after a unbelievable road trip. And I say unbelievable because I think it's incredible when you don't play your best ball and come out on top four and one against teams that you should do what you did. Um But it is, it, it's difficult at times. You you know, we've seen this team go to Marlins Park and not play up to their potential Well, they didn't play up to their potential, but they played good baseball. And they win four out of five. They come home and and face a really good Atlanta Braves team. Now, it's Atlanta's first win in Philly as they were swept the first game of the first series of the year. We all know that. So, there's a little vibe. There's a little energy going at at Citizens Bank. So, what happens tonight and tomorrow? That's the big question. So, I think today uh, it would be just the perfect day to bring on the great Larry Anderson man uh, I have to unfortunately unfortunately I, I guess you could say to replace on the road um everyone loves hit la as much as I do from you know not only playing but just always listening to him in, in general in his story so we're gonna get into some things with him and uh I hope you enjoy in the air to Coming down. Coming down. Welcome back, Pine Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host Kevin Francis. I have the great Larry Anderson on the phone with me. What's up, LA?
1: Yeah, you must have the wrong one. <laughs> this is the S E N one.
0: Oh man. Well, how <laughs> are you, you? doing? Well, I'm good. I'm good. I never get to be around you enough. So I know. I get to hear you, which is great, but I'm the unfortunate one that has to, you know, replace you on the road, and everyone knows that, and they're like, oh this guy again, it's like, yeah, right. They, they waited for you. (laughs) Right.
1: Oh, my road days are, well, most of them are done. Yeah. I apologize for that one. Just that that
0: (laughs) West coast, East coast stuff. Uh, Right. But I mean, like for, for you, like it, for doing this for so long and, and like being in the place that I, I, I'm in now, I mean, it's, it's still exhilarating, right? I mean, it's yeah, (laughs) to watch a team like this and see how many changes have been made, like just over the years. Like you, you still like you still have the love for it. that's why you do it.
1: Oh, no question. I mean it's uh I, I it was funny uh last year uh just was the first year of not doing any road games and Christine and I, my wife and I took a trip down to Asheville, North Carolina, just she saw it on TV, so oh, it looks pretty and let's take a drive down there. So we did that. Then we got down and I said, I looked at her, I realized said, Do you realize that it's been forty eight years since i've had a summer vacation oh my gosh this first one and then, so i signed in 1971 yeah and so every summer since has been up until last year had been working every day in the summer basically every day in the summer so uh and it was you know i was just looking at like i'd like to, to i want to you want to stay in the game because you love yeah, the game right for sure but it's like i'm i'm not afraid to, to back off a little bit i'm <laughs> i don't have a problem you know <laughs> taking a few days off now and, and and i'll take the heat for it too which i get on a regular basis from our partner yeah. scott branch <laughs> so, which, which so. is like
0: which is tremendous though because like like even scott has talked about it. he goes it's just fun because like for you i mean so many people like my my parents having the summers off being teachers and all right i mean right they, they didn't they they don't know what a winter break is really i mean you yeah. get like the two weeks off and it's like whatever but for you for doing it for so long and get there and be like, man, this is what a vacation, a summer vacation is like, you yeah. gotta be like, Oh, this is great.
1: Yeah. It, it, t- <laughs> it is. It, it really is. uh. It's, uh
0: like, but, but but it, what's the one thing though, that that you do miss on the road? Like what is like the, the, the part that you do miss?
1: Um, A, a couple things, just being around the, the, the group of broadcasters you know all the guys tv radio uh you know no, we hate the Mer, we hate the, tv well be, i mean but besides that oh, i okay, mean yeah, yeah. like pre- <laughs> just pretend for a second yeah, okay? okay all right like missing that the you know it's like when you when you retire mm-hmm. um or you know I, I think most guys will tell you when when they retire what they miss the most obviously the competition they love but they miss the most is the camaraderie mm-hmm. being around the guys you know and sharing stories and just just being together it's it's such a, a fraternity, a brotherhood that it's like, I shouldn't say it's not like, it's like no other, but, but it's just a very tight knit community and very, it's not secret or anything, but it's just, it's the tightness the the closeness you feel with, with the guys around you. And that I, I miss, I miss being on the flights and, you know, having my glass of wine and then spilling it all over myself and, or the little and, guy and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the little guy. <laughs> But it's, you know, th- that's the stuff I miss. And and, and the other thing I think on the road is being in a dugout before the before BP. Like at home, the guys they're doing so much, whether back in a weight room or in the cages. You know, they're out on the field. They're ne- never in the dugout. So on the road, I felt like I got more of a chance to talk to the players, yeah. which I enjoy. And now it's I I don't talk to them a whole lot, and I I miss that. I miss that you know talking to. I guess part of the coaching part in me is what I miss of, of, you know, talking to guys about what they're doing, how they're pitching or, you know, who, whoever it is, but mostly pitchers, but, but everybody, just not having that time with them to to chat with them about the game and what they're doing. I, I do miss that a lot.
0: Well, that was like the fun part for me. And, and I know it wasn't like a long extended run for me at all in Philly, but like every time I would come up, we would talk so much. just about hitting and like, just, facing certain guys and what you saw and, and, and I always enjoyed that as a player and yeah. I always find it like just, I don't know, just guys in general, like yourself, Mike Kruko, uh, you know, Mark Gubazad like when I was with the angels, F.P. Santangelo, the color analyst, they, they, they see something. Cause if you're doing the color analyst job, there's a, a love and passion and, and you bring up the side of the coaching side from up there. Not like right. you're like, you know, everything, but you just see things because that's, you have a passion for it, like yeah. That's the that's the crazy part. I'm starting to find right. Like you have a a, a coaching side in in every player, yeah. And, and it comes out and just talking to the guys and finding out what their thoughts are. It, it it's kind of fun.
1: Uh, I I just I enjoy it, you know. And and talking like with the pitchers, whether with Eflin or Nola, or you know, talking about you know how they're using their pitches. What 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 I what I've seen from it, and, and you know, guys will come up to me a couple of the the pictures will come up two of those and they'll be like what do you what do you got what do you see and and i I can tell them i i I enjoy it and i can talk and i can be honest with them and um you know if they don't like it well then they won't ask me anymore yeah because i'm i will be honest with them and you know one of the things i've talked to them about is the most recent was zach was like your cutter is so good. You backdoor that to lefties, and it's so tight, and it's it, you get so many strikes with it. But I said you only use it to one side of the plate. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Why not? Why not use that into lefties? I said when you throw it to lefties inside, you don't have to worry about about uh, elevation. You can throw it from the ankles to the neck yeah. if you start it at the corner and break it in off the plate. You can throw it anywhere you want in there. You can throw it down at the knees. You can throw it at the belt, and I always say, if you throw it in the right spot, you start at the corner. For them to get the bat head on it, they have to hit it foul.
0: And, and if mean, you're the left-handed hitter, you could get it, that moment that your your front hip just flies just a little bit. How much? Do, how much as a pitcher when you see that? Does that outside part of the plate open up the next you know couple oh, pitches?
1: It's crazy. I, I give him the example of, of Andy Van Slyke. Yeah. Um, that. You know, and he was a very good hitter, um, but I would face him when he was with the Cardinals, when he was with Pittsburgh, and it was like, I would, he would hit, he he hit, I, I can't tell you how many 500-foot home runs foul off of me, <laughs> and I mean, it would be, sometimes if I didn't get it in quite enough, I'd be like, uh-oh, is this, uh-oh, 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 thank goodness, just foul, just, you know, and he, I would watch him, and he would start backing off the plate, and I would just follow him in. You know, yeah. not even for strikes and still get him to swing, yeah. but it, he would eventually get so far off the plate. There's no way he could reach <laughs> the outer half, you know? So it was so like, like okay, got you enough. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, that, you know, stuff like that. I, I just, to talk to the guys about it and, you know, another thing, and you've, you've, you've mentioned it, I've, I've heard you talk about it and I've talked about it, that fastball down and away, oh. you know, to the glove side that if guys, that that's the, that's your safe zone. Yeah. That's where you can go. When when you're in trouble, and I, 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 I said this to somebody yesterday. I was like, if, I think oh, Jerry Krasnick would, uh, used to be with Sports Illustrated, yep. I think. Same birthday. Um, we have the same birthday. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to both of <laughs> you when Thank that comes up. Thank I appreciate up. it, yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, but just, just saying how uh, – where was I going? Um, oh, you are talking uh, about the, uh, the Donald 3-2. Three, three three, yeah, yeah. um, Aaron Nola. Mm-hmm. I would love for him to go back, for Aaron to go back and look at every 3-2 fastball he's thrown this year, and I bet you it's maybe 10% yeah. fastballs on 3-2. Yeah, I'm like, I watch him 2-1, 2-0, 3-1, throw a fastball down and away. If they swing at it, it's a foul ball or yeah. a swing and a miss. And I remember going back to no, Aaron and going – You can throw it there, but I think early in, that's why I harp on command of the fastball so much. If you can command that fastball down and away, you can have success in this league. I don't care how hard you throw. You don't have to throw 98. If you can locate, you can have success.
0: No doubt. And I think the thing that frustrates me about Aaron Noah, and, and it's, I feed off of you so much about this, and then I go off of being a hitter in this. Right, the movement that he has with that two seam fastball, right, oh. and how electric it it, it, it is yeah. electric at ninety three, ninety five, yeah, moves. the The fact that he stays away from it, right, like it, the, against the Tigers the other day, and I was trying to pull up the numbers. It was he threw like forty fastballs, he threw forty nine curveballs, something like that, and you are going, why? wow, why would you do that against a team that honestly not very good hitters, right? You are know, not going to sit there and say they're really good hitters. It was it was 30 fa- uh, four seam fastballs, seventeen sinkers, and forty knuckle curves and eighteen changeups. So you had more off speed pitches than you did fastballs.
1: Wow! And, and to see me,
0: that? I just feel like as a hitter, I'm feasting off that because I'm like this guy's yeah. scared of his fastball.
1: Yeah, like, like just like you said that that the 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 looking at it from the hitter standpoint and the movement he has on it oh. when you know and it, it's. It's got to be, and not that his curveball is not good, but no, but no, no, I got you. That, that fastball is coming in at 93 to 94, 95, it's 92, whatever, but the movement on it, and it's like, it, it's so hard to barrel up, I would think. I, I'm I, obviously. Absolutely.
0: That, that's why I'm thinking, it. that's why I see it. I'm like, there's, I'm sorry, unless you're guessing perfect, right? Like, he can hit that down, like to a righty, he can hit that down and away fastball, especially with the sinker, so often. And if they hit yeah. it and they get a base hit, it's just a hit. It's not right. going to be a double or a homer. It's not one it's of not those things. Damage, yeah. No. So it, it, I don't know. I it, it just, I feel like his curveball is so good, yet he uses it so often, and and it's all you know, it could be all over the place. Like he's not going seven, eight, nine innings because he's almost fooling around with the curveball. Because yeah. if, if he sticks with his fastball, it's like three pitches or less, he's out. Like the the guy's going to be out.
1: Yeah, no, he's no deep game no question do
0: you like do you ever get the sense and and i see this like from the hitter standpoint i have no idea because you know we're not in the dugout saying it It's just an opinion it's like the the use of your eyes as a hitter on the bench um and and maybe from the pitching side i have no idea it just feels like the use of your eyes in the play of the game the game awareness is so far down now like that's like the last piece of of the puzzle for these guys instead of being one of the top you know priorities
1: well, I think if you look at it like this, if you look at from the time these guys sign nowadays, and mm-hmm. I, I I know I'm taking it back like like dinosaur days, but when I was coming up, um, Ooh, we works. had a, We had a we had a manager <laughs> that yeah, we had a manager that probably played uh, in the big leagues or you know at the high minor leagues at, at AAA for a number of years, and you know probably were in it for most of their life. And you didn't have a hitting coach. You didn't have a pitching coach. You didn't have a base running coach. You didn't have an infield coach. You didn't have an outfield. You had a manager and that was it. Now your hitting coordinator and your pitching coordinator would come through the city where you were at like maybe twice a year for, you know, each time for a week to 10 days. Yeah. And that was your coaching. That's other other than that you had to figure it out I, mean, I remember i mean sitting there talking have lengthy conversations with eckersley with dennis yep. eckersley we came up together and and talking about you know well he he didn't talk as much because he didn't struggle <laughs> as much as i did but, so he kind of just kind of had to sit back and listen to me but but it was like that you talk to each other you learn stuff you you have to figure things out on your own that or else you're done yeah nowadays and and what i'm into is nowadays guys sign there's a coach for every position, you know. There's a hitting coach. There's a pitching coach. There's an infield, an outfield. There's bench. Coach, there's everything. And and now, they're telling everybody where to play on every hitter. Yeah. You know. And so, I think, I think we've we've forced these kids. We, we've we've taken away their ability to to create instincts. Yeah. To have their own instincts, to, to figure out instincts, to, to figure out what they need to do in situations. We've taken all that away from them. We've, we've said, this is what you're going to do. And then they get in a situation where maybe the coach isn't there or somebody not telling them what. They're, they're lost. Yeah. Because it, they, haven't been, they haven't been forced to figure it out on their own. And would you say
0: that, like, that time more than anything is, like, the, the crunch time, right? Like, 7th, 8th, and ninth yes. innings where you know, maybe runners at 2nd and 3rd and, and 1 out, and you got the speed at 2nd at base, not 3rd. I mean, there's certain scenarios where you could just see the the wheels are turning. You're like, uh, these guys, they don't know what to do right now. Like, they have no clue. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's – I see that, too. The instinctual player is, is is almost extinct. It feels like that.
1: Yeah. But when you – I mean, you, you played with Utley. Yep. Um. I, I. They. And. And. I'm. Not that he's the only one. There. You played with some great players. No, but that's. That, an, that, a, that had that's, the. That's a
0: great example.
1: Instincts, <laughs> though. And they. When you watch. When you watch. For me, when I would watch Utley play, he would make some plays and go. There's no possible way he could have done that. There's yeah. no way he could have done that if he wasn't thinking about it. a pitch or two before yeah. or three pitches, whatever. You know. It, you and the alertness and the the ability to think about the game, the mental aspect of it, and to to, to use that as an advantage, it just it, it's like an art. Yeah. you know, and it's fun to watch. It's Absolutely. fun to watch guys that know how to play the game right.
0: Well, it's always the story, right? About like like Burl was was Burl hit no, uh, Burl was on third or something like that, and Chase hits that ball down line uh, against Atlanta, and he's trying to jump into the throw, right? To try to, yeah. I mean, that that's something because he's like, we haven't been able to score, we haven't been able to get a guy in. And he's trying to find a way for, you know, the team to score a run. He's like, I'll, I'll take a header right here. I'm going to run down right. the line and take a header right off the, the, the dome right here. So uh, there's so many yep. things like, but, you know, I go for me, like my, my college coach was so big defensively about pre-pitch pe- preparation. And you had to know, you know, the speed of the runner, the, the you know, the, the scoreboard, all that, all that stuff came into play. And yep. everything made you think, right? It made you think a, a step ahead. Okay, if this, you know, ground ball takes me to my right, I'm going home with it instead of up the middle with the first and third because there's no way we're going to get a double play unless you have Benji Molina at home plate. <laughs> and then you can maybe take right. a chance, but there there's a lot of scenarios that you're going, "Oh man. I wish in, in some ways I just I I like where the game's at, but then the instinctual part, that's what I miss. I don't think there's a lot there's enough of those guys that are that are out there that you're you're going, "Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cuz those guys I feel like we all jump on board of right Yeah. I mean oh, we, yeah. we we talk about like how great Mike Trout is but Mike Trout is like as instinctual as any other player we've ever seen it's so then right. like you get enamored by it, you're like dude how did you see that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's for me that that's the joy of of watching the game now it's kind of a two-headed sword it's a two-edged sword in some respects I love it cuz when you see a guy that has Instincts—they stand out nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other side of it is like I want you don't more. see enough of it. <laughs> you know, you don't see enough You're like, I want more. I want more. Give me some more of that. Yeah. You know. And even if a guy makes, to me, if if he makes a, a wrong decision, but he, but if he was to come in and say, this is why I did it, if he had a reason for it, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, because at least he's thinking. You know, and yeah. and then you sit down and talk about, you know, okay, now what if you thought about it in this way. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did that when I was coaching. I'd always call the catcher. Gary Bennett was one of the coaches I had, uh, one of the catchers I had for a few years I was coaching. And he would, I worked with him extensively about calling pitches and this, and he'd come in after an inning. I'm like, why'd you call that? And if he didn't have an answer, I would have the, I would have the yes. And he knew it, but, but he, he had an answer every time and it wasn't always, I didn't always agree with it. But but the but his rationale for telling me why he did it, I'm like, all right, that's fine. That mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking, you're 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 thinking, you're you're trying to figure it out, and that's that's to me, that's the big part of it. You do know? You, uh, do you
0: think? I mean, okay, so there's a few college programs out there that let the the catchers call their games, but like how, And I get it. The, the head coaches, the pitching coaches in in college ball are you know, their jobs are on the line all the time. They have to perform and do all that stuff. It's like, but do you find that to be the place where we're losing out on that instinctual catcher? The guys that are understanding the the art of how to catch and call a game?
1: I think so. I do. I, I, you know, you can go and look at all the film you want, but it's, and you can have a game plan. But my thing is like, okay, what happens if the pitcher isn't able to perform that game plan that you guys had talked about? You, you know, a, once he, he gets community. out there, and, yeah, <laughs> and it's and that's what I look at. It's like, okay, how can you? How do you react? How do you adjust to getting away from your game plan? You know, are you doing it the right way? Or you know, it, it's all it's all kind of the same thing. Um, but I don't, I, I don't like seeing catchers just call. You know, call, call put a sign down. The pitcher goes okay and throws. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, to, and that's one thing that, you know. You watch like Aaron Nola. He'll shake off real muto. He'll he Nola knows what he wants to do. It, 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 does he always execute it? No, but he knows what he wants to do, and I love that. I like the fact that he's not just going to sit there and go, "Okay, you know that there's no possible way that the catcher and the pitcher are on the same page the whole game, every single pitch." Yeah, it's just it's just it's almost impossible unless you just unless you're not capable of, of thinking about what you want to do which there there are some some guys I've played with who I don't I don't know if they couldn't or just didn't want to think about what they should do you know but but, but honestly you know what it is it, it 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 when pitchers do that it takes away me their uh, accountability yeah yeah you know? oh I threw the pitch cuz you called it Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I I, trust me, I've been there where a catcher will call a pitch and I don't want to throw it, but I've shook my head. I agreed and threw it because if I do what I want to do and I make a bad pitch, I'm going to get crucified. Yeah. You know? And it was almost like, okay, well for me and looking back in retrospect, that kept me from being accountable. Yeah. I mean, in my own mind, it it doesn't, You still, I'm still accountable, but I'm at least I can throw it on a catcher and go, well, he called it.
0: Well, usually I, I'm speaking from a position player standpoint, like the the whole thing is with a pitcher. If you are convicted in that pitch, you're going to be accountable. Oh. Right. I mean, yeah. more than anything, it's like, yeah, I, I wanted that. Like I threw it yeah. there and the moment that you're not convicted in a pitch, which I feel like sometimes those, and maybe we're on the same page on that. Like a guy not thinking, just saying, okay, whatever you throw down, I'm going to throw it. Like, that's fine there's no conviction in there. And so then you right. see a lot more mistakes it, and maybe I'm off on it, that, but it, it seems. Like... No,
1: you're right. That's you hit it right on the nose. No question. It, to, to, to it's throw a, big a pitch, yeah. <laughs> 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 to, but to throw to throw a pitch when you aren't a hundred percent behind it, you, I'm not saying you can't make a good pitch, but it's yeah. so much harder. Yeah. It's so much harder when you, when, when you're, Uncertain. That's why you know. Another thing I've talked to these guys about is something that that Steve Carlton helped me so much with, and, and basically taught me is the thought precedes the action. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm thinking, like for example, if I'm thinking I can't walk this guy, I'm probably going to walk him. Yeah. If if I say I can't hang this, I'm probably going to hang it. It's just. The, the thought precedes the action. That The subject of what it is is not whether you can or can't. It's the subject. It's walking him or hanging it, and that's in your head. Once that's in your head, it's a pretty good chance it's going to happen. And so when I would talk to these pitchers when I was coaching, I, was, I would stand down by the catcher, and when they would throw on the side, I'd say, I want you to tell me where you're throwing this pitch. And a lot of times they'd say, okay, uh, fastball down and away. I'm like, okay, well, a fastball down and away could be 30 feet off the plate in the dirt. Hmm. You know, it could be it could be at the ankles on the outside corner. That's down and away isn't good enough. Where do you want this? I want a fastball, the outer third, at the knees. I want a fastball at the belt, just off the plate inside. Whatever, but like be specific. So I would make them tell me where they're going to throw the pitch. Hmm. And and in that respect, trying to get them to get in a habit of saying before each pitch, I'm throwing this ball here. I think there's three things that a pitcher thinks about when he's on the mound, when he gets his sign. I have to, I can't, or I'm going to. Hmm. And only one of them's good, and that's I'm going to. I'm going to throw this pitch right here. And, and to think that, that, I, can't, that, I, that I, I can't do something, you, it's the thought precedes the action, and the have to. I have to, I have to throw a strike here. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to. Stop putting that pressure on yourself. You'd like to. You want to. Well, why not just say, I'm going to doesn't mean you're going to do it, but trust me, you'll be a lot closer than if you don't, That's but it's, awesome. it's such a hard. I love that. such a hard thing. I, I do too. I mean, I really, Cause but it to goes get into guys golf to too, do right? it,
0: right? Like you, there's so many yeah. sports that like intercede in, in, in the mental aspect. And I feel like golf yeah. and baseball in, 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 in regards to that. I have to, I have to hit this. No, you don't. I can't hit this. That, that goes in often a in guy, but I'm yeah. going to like the, the professional golfers. They're like, I'm going to hit this right here. And you're going, Oh yeah, you are. Yep. You can sense it. Well, same thing goes with the pitchers. That's yep. to me. That's fascinating because I think the mental side, it do you. Okay. So, and that's a, that's a part where I, I think, uh, you know, and, and not talking in, it, it sucks not having Roy holiday around and, and, and him going and being enshrined in the hall of fame and not being here. But one of the things that he was getting involved with was our young pitchers in the mental side of things, not the physical right. side, but the mental side. And that dude had, he was convicted with everything he did. And yeah. it's like that, that guy, that teacher right there, it, it, it was a, a, a loss for, for the entire game of baseball because he was such, he was so mentally tough. And he's yeah. just so mentally ahead of everyone else, like as far as everyone to see Philly's pitchers and young pitchers use him and be able to utilize him. Oh man,
1: what a what a oh. asset that is, no doubt. And that that thing is like you've seen it. You you look around, look all around all around baseball. Any team you've seen, you've seen some guys with some great stuff. There's a ton of great stuff. At this level, at the big league level, they're 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 here because of their stuff. Most of them, ninety ninety five percent of them, you know, five percent maybe they're here because they've got good command of of their stuff. Their stuff isn't great, but they've got good command of it. Good enough, yeah. But <laughs> other than that, it's like it becomes mental. It's like the guys at this level, they have the ability, or they they wouldn't be here. But the next step is the mental part of it, I yeah. think. And and you have to be strong mentally. You have to you have to you have to be smart. You have to know how to use your noggin and and that's you know uh, it's a tough thing to to get across sometimes to kids because it's not it's not like a you can go look at video about uh you know the thought precedes the action there's there's nothing to show them there with that it's (laughs) it's just uh, it's such a big part of it the mental aspect and that's and you're so right about doc but what he could do especially for the young pitchers and and there's somebody who, with credibility who the the, the kids know nowadays mm-hmm. they, they they still know the name they watched him that that they has a credibility which is important for me like guy you talk to guys now there's there's guys that other than the fact that, that Mike Schmidt broadcast for us on, on the weekends they they don't know who Mike Schmidt is yeah. i'm serious and that's that's sad that that, that I don't know. It, well, like that. Not it, only was ca-
0: he is, was he a Hall of Fame player, but like you played with him for years, you faced him too. I mean, oh yeah. Was there anyone that you played with, and maybe it could have been Dutch, but that was tougher mentally and more of a competitor than Mike Schmidt. Um, I mean, like it, it's it, it would be hard the, hard to find a lot. But I mean, it, it seems like yeah, that's no, what set him apart, right? He was so
1: competitive. No question. No question, and that's. The the drive to be the best, you know, no. it's you you got to have that, and you have to you have to have that belief in yourself when you're out there that you are the best, and that's if you don't have that belief, you you can't be the best. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's so much of it becomes so not hasn't become it's always been so so much mental, you know, yeah. like Yogi said, ninety percent of this game is half mental. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds
0: like one of the ones that like will always like make me laugh no matter what. Cause then it makes you think you're like really wait, wait for, for like wait, a split wait, second you you're going, wait, is he, wait, it might. Oh wait, no, no, it doesn't add up. It just doesn't. <laughs> <end up." laughs> but like, okay. So let me ask you from a, from a pitcher standpoint. Okay. And, and this is nothing against Reese. Cause I, I've talked about gl- glowingly about Reese as a hitter and right. that whole pitches per, per plate appearance thing. I, I don't, really like Um, because I think there's an aggressiveness that a guy like with his ability loses and you know I I see conversely I see Freddie Freeman right I mean he has an unbelievable eye it's two different approaches obviously Um, but when Reese first came up that right center field gap was being destroyed it was right center center field left center left field I mean take away right field I don't care on that like with him but right center but when you see a guy that you know, with with his ability, no, no matter what, who has the ability to take pitches, see pitches, and all of that. Um, do you find it that you can gain confidence as a pitcher against that, right? Because you know you're going to get a couple pitches to lock in, or is yeah? It, uh, I, I'm just trying to like think because I I see it. And I'm like, there's way there, he's not a 260 hitter. Not he he is not. Yeah. He's like a he's for me. He's like a 285 290 hitter. But he's right. eliminating he, – he's, he's hindering himself by, by staying to one side.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing. Um, so many guys that – that to me, when they had success, even power guys. Ryan Howard, another example. Left oh. center. Left oh. center. Left center. He tr- crushed it. His last two or three years, everything was pull. Everything was pull. And he didn't have the success. Yeah. And and it to, to see guys not – Mikey Franco, when sure. – when he's thinking up the middle, right, right center, yeah. he's he's got much more ability, and um, and I, I I don't know in today's game I just don't know why guys don't use the whole field. But the other thing, well, get back to your point. I mean, I, I asked Scott Kingry. last year. I think he led the league in o two counts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a number of times he was o two, and I think part of it was everything we were doing. We were going up there to work work a work a walk. Not work the pitcher, but we're going up there to work a walk. I'm like, what? I, I couldn't hit. I was scared to hit, <laughs> even though I was a career 364 hitter. Oh, we're getting I, into that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but to, to go up there, and, and if you're not aggressive, if, if you're not, you're going to take, take those first pitch hanging sliders that, that I never got back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking them. And then we're questioning, wasn't that a little high? I'm like, are you kidding me? That's belt high. That ball should be in the seats. Mm-hmm. But because of, we're trying to work the pitch, we're trying to work the count, we're trying to see so many pitches, so many so many good pitches are, get by you. And I, and I asked Henry, uh when we were in New York a few, a few weeks ago, um, I said, well, what's the difference between last year and this year? Like, you, you seem to be more aggressive in this and that. And he goes, you know what? He goes, last year, I kept thinking I had to work the pitcher. I had to, you know, I had to see a lot of pitches. And he said, I just, I let balls get by me. And he said, this year, I'm going up there with the idea that I'm swinging at every single pitch. That I'm going to swing at every single pitch till my body stops me.
0: Sometimes it like, does. <laughs> wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that and and he's been much more aggressive he's hitting the long ball he's he's been more productive i mean he's he's been through recently a little struggle off and on but um but where's successful
0: you know like he's is he successful in the zone and he's still yanking like either yanking an off-speed pitch down the line i bet the ball that he hit in detroit was up and away in the strike zone and he takes it off the wall like the right and you're going dude you have that Like, don't, don't limit yourself there because I feel like pitchers are just going right to those spots going, all he's going to want to do is either take it or yank it. Like he doesn't want to go with it. And I feel, would you see that as a pitcher try to, and and continue? It's not about like, oh, this guy has a good high slugging percentage here. That could have been one hit, right? It could have been a homer, but he still struggles on that pitch. Like you can't just look at that. You got to see the whole picture.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question about it. You, and the guy that'll go the other way, that's the guy that worried me. Like if he's, if he's willing to go that way with it, I'm staying away from him for the most part. And if I get a guy that's just going to take it that way, like, okay, I got to make some changes here. I got to, I got to make some adjustments. And, and the adjustments I had to make weren't to my strengths, but he was doing that. You know, if the hitter was doing that, I I had to make a change.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I've, I've, I look with like so so much admiration towards like a Freddie Freeman in this world that oh. you know it's all about homers and whatever he doesn't really strike out uh he takes his walks but he hammers balls in the zone he's a over 300 hitter with 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 so much damage and yeah. uh the numbers that you guys were throwing out last night like like he's a three what 56 career uh hitter with runners in scoring position or the last 5 years you and and you're yeah. going wait he's always in the 3 or 4 hole like always like so, you yeah, think right. about how many opportunities he has? You are like, wait, what?
1: Like that's that's incredible. It's hey, we, we've had the shift on, uh or, or yesterday first inning, we didn't have the shift on him. Yeah, they got first and well, second. Because he, he changed
0: it, right? I mean, he made and you he change. did the last yeah. the last
1: time they were here. We had the shift on, and he got I don't know three or four base hits, but yeah. ground balls right over shortstop. But he's the guy that sees and, it.
0: Like he sees the field, right? Like, I remember I was taught by Len Sakata. Like when I was uh, a, a like first year in pro ball and you get up to the plate, he goes, do you ever just go up there and just look at where everyone is and just put your mind at ease and just have an idea? Like, because right. that's how you know you're going to, you know, cause this is well before the shift, obviously uh, he goes, you, you know how they're going to pitch you. He goes, just take a look. And I feel like Freddie Freeman gets to the plate and he just takes a look. He just sees, he's like, all right, I'm going to go there. It's like Tony Gwen. I'm sure he just looked at it. He's like, okay, I'll go there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. Well, I wish.
0: Right, we're going to get into the fun part. This is called the uh, waffle right. t- this is called waffle time. Okay? So, everyone I've had on, uh I have I've asked them about, you know, if they're a pitcher, um if a guy got them, if he waffled them or not. Yeah, this is the Chase Utley special. So, you know, with Chase and Ryan, it was it was amazing to see. That the- I I mean, you covered so many of their games, obviously maybe not every single one of them. Uh Chase there's like a couple guys that chase got absolutely destroyed by and Ryan crushed. And then this vice versa, it was like, chase had these numbers against like Derek Lowe or, or it might've been someone different, but it was like, he was like 30 for 44 and you're going wait, what? And Ryan Howard right behind him was like two for 40 and you're going, what? And then it's just incredible to see. So this is kind of fun for me. Uh, So I, 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 went through uh it took me months to get up all these stats or like 30 seconds up on uh baseball reference but uh so i'm gonna name a guy and you gotta tell me if he got you or you got him so it's either waffled or no waffled all right davy lopes
1: waffled he waffled me
0: (laughs) three for eight two homers
1: how could you let that happen
0: did he tell you all the time too when he see you
1: he let me know okay he wasn't afraid. Uh, Andre Dawson. Uh, Hawk. I Maybe split.
0: Five for 25 with no homer. No damage against you.
1: Oh, you nice. You owned him. Nice. You
0: absolutely owned him. Uh, Ryan Sandberg. Oh,
1: <laughs> you crushed him. Yeah. Yeah. He he's shots. in fact. He, when I saw him, when he got the manager job, and I saw him in spring training for the first time, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you are. He's just, You're on the back of my baseball card. As hates to face." So yeah. <laughs> four. <laughs> so How about this?
0: Four for thirty-eight. No walks. Eight punchouts. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just in itself. Like facing a guy like him who let's go on that because he was a guy that was able to take a ball from literally line to line yeah and uh, and with damage we all know that but like uh mentality against him because that's got to be tough right i mean he had he didn't really have a whole lot of holes but you had success and that confidence builds
1: somehow i just i got him to chase he i have no idea how but he like he goes he said he's like i know a slider's coming I know it he said <laughs> i just i just I couldn't do anything with it.
0: Dude, that's that's crazy. Because it, as a hitter, there's so many guys that you know you face that you struggle against, and you know what's coming, oh, yeah. and you just can't yeah. like hold yourself. You say slider's coming, you're like yep, and you see slider, and it might be a ball, and you're just like you're swinging because you're you're telling you're like I know it's coming, it's happening,
1: right? right.
0: Uh, Ozzie Smith,
1: um, he owned me till the last two years of my career after I threw at him.
0: Ooh, really?
1: Yeah. He, uh,
0: seven for 16 though.
1: Yeah. He he knew, and I tell people this, he knew that he was getting on. I knew he was getting on. And most of the people in the stadium knew he was getting on base against me. And I had a conversation with Ray Miller, who was a pitching coach with Pittsburgh <laughs> at the time. And he said, well, you need to take him out of his game plan. I'm like, well, how am I going to do that? And he goes, well, you're going to have to throw at him or you have to hit him, drill him, do something. But he said, he's going up there. He said, you just got to get him to think different. And so I threw at him. I didn't hit him. I don't know how I missed him, but uh, it was probably a good four feet off the plate, and he was able to get out of the way. But it, I think, it incensed him so much that from that point on, he was he was making sawdust out of his bat handle. He was so mad. He just, he just, I think he just wanted to hit a ball right off my forehead yeah. as hard as he could, or off my nose. After that, it just and it did take him out of his game plan. Yeah,
0: he, eighty-eight. He was one for three. And then in 89, he was 0-for-0 0 0 with a, a sack fly, and then it was 0-for-1, 0-for-1, 0-for-1. Punch-out, punch-out. Those are your two punch-outs were post-that.
1: Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it was, it was a different different story. Yeah, don't, don't dig in
0: on me, Aussie. <laughs> Uh yeah. Oh, here was Barry Bonds. Got me. Twice. Five yeah. for 11. Two homers. Ugh. Okay, my favorite player growing up was Robbie Thompson. And what did you do against him?
1: I like, think I had success against him. I think you think one for twelve. You think that's good? I think I think that's <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> I mean, like honestly, LA. Like I have so much fun doing this and asking guys because it. You know, a, a couple of years ago, LeBron had. Uh, they they talked about this whole thing. He gave like, the synopsis of like three, three drives down the court, and it was that day, right. And right you're going and they're like, oh my God, he's so brilliant. this is unbelievable and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like just watch a l- talk to a baseball player. they'll give you everything. They'll tell you about this guy in this year and it could be 30 years ago. they could tell you every pitch that happened and it's like right. are you serious? like so if for me and then hearing you, uh, like go on it and it's like, yep, this is this is right up the alley okay, so how about this one? Mike Schmidt.
1: he got me. Yeah, twice five for 12
0: I don't know if you punched him uh, out did you punch him out
1: I don't think so um,
0: I have to find that out for you uh, but I think I, I think you got him because I the, the one I wanted to bring up was one of the last ones was uh, well I have to ask you Juan Samuel because the great the great Juan
1: it's Sammy I had I punched him out a few times but he did give me yard in Houston on one of the hardest balls I ever had hit off of me.
0: Yeah, but you're he was two for sixteen, so I don't care about the wafflage on one ball. Like you own oh. you owned him. You had six punch outs, too. Oh. Yeah. You could you could always put that over his head. Uh <laughs> yeah. like like Schmidty had two punch outs. You walked him once. That's it. That's all. So it's like no yeah. big deal. Uh okay, so this is the one that I, I wanted to bring up it was Tony a, Gwynn.
1: Yeah, Tony Gwynn, um he, I, I, I think I did okay with, with him until I played in San Diego, and then after that, it was like I was making up pitches because <laughs> he knew what I was going to throw before I did.
0: Oh, it's beautiful.
1: I, I'm telling you, I don't know how how it happened, but he was he owned me.
0: Okay, so I, I bring it up because yeah, he did. It was twelve for twenty nine, but that that's besides the point. He owned like. He Greg Maddox, was, he was 39 for 94. He had a 415 batting average against, which is stupid, right? But there's Ooh. something that that Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz did twice against Tony Gwynn, and that was over, like, I don't know, 300-plus plate appearances against them. They struck right. him out twice. You know how many punch-outs oh, man. you, know punch you, you had of, of Tony Gwynn? None. Four. Really? Yes. I love it. It's awesome because because most of the guys it's walk, like he has more walks to strikeouts than than anything you know on on every guy you two walks four punch outs that's right you owned his Us. I say on that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I had, like hey, I, I tell people this so Tony Gwynn was one of the easiest people for me to get O and two on
0: just throw it down the middle. I would throw
1: him two cutters. Up around his chest, or belt to his chest, yeah. two cutters in, and he would foul him over the third base dugout. And every time I did it, I would get done and go, okay, now what? <laughs> you know? That was, was like the one place you didn't want to be with Tony was was 0-2 on him.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I just, and, and we, we talk about like the shift and, and all that stuff. And, and people are like, well, no one would shift that. No one sh- would, would have shifted. No, everyone knows that. Like there might be only one Tony Gwynn in our, our lifetime where he was able to put oh, no. a, a ball anywhere he wanted. He was Greg Maddox right. like, from the hitter side. Like you, you want it there. Okay. I'll hit it there. The six, the five and a half hole. I mean, let, let's be honest. He was one of the greatest of all time. If not the best.
1: Uh, unbelievable. Eight. And you know what? I, Tony, I think, was a little bit like Bogsy, Wade, Wade Bogsy. Both of them could have hit a lot more home runs if yeah, they wanted to. If they to. wanted to. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, they would have sacrificed some average to hit the home runs, I think. I, they, I think they just said, you know what? I'm I'm going to go ahead and uh, just hit my 350 or whatever it is and and give up some of the home runs.
0: Uh, Wade Boggy was 0 for 1 against you. Or one for two, one for two, sorry. One for two. One for two. Yeah, just a lousy single. Lousy single. Oh. Hey, when you, uh, before I let you go, so like I, I was doing all the numbers and all this stuff. Uh, Hall of Famers against you only hit 278 with seven homers. And th- What'd they hit? 278 with seven homers. Even more important, you punched them out 22% of the time. That is right, my friend you can't wow. be humble anymore you dominated <laughs>
1: yeah oh, and your favorite number by the way 360. You, had
0: a, you had a 315 ERA your career that's pretty good but your FIP buddy was a 301 so you're bad analytics would have been on your side
1: <laughs> oh no yes. I love it I love FIP now Woo. I love it <laughs> I love
0: it <laughs> well LA thanks so much for for taking the time dude
1: I enjoyed it, pal.
0: Well you uh you and Scott just make sure leave my license out of it today.
1: Okay. I we you know what? And I just felt like we had to we had to make sure that everybody <laughs> got a little bit of that, you know. But if they didn't hear it during the game, they could hear it during the round table. the, the,
0: so- the best part was because uh, I had to sprint to the last the last gate. Of course it had to be the last gate, right? Or I was, always I got onto the plane and people were looking at me and I was soaked. Like it was so uh, embarrassing. I was like yeah, who's sitting next to me? Who's going to be the lucky person?
1: <laughs> and they're all thinking that as you're walking down the aisle. Oh, no. You're like, not oh, next no. to me. I have a no. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: Anyone that had an open seat, they're like, you see them crossing themselves. They're like, no.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, uh, dude. We'll have a good one tonight. And hopefully uh, hopefully the fighting's are on top.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, we're hoping for that one. All right, buddy. All right, pal. Good talking good to you. Good talking to you. Thank you. Uh, you got see it. Ya. See you later.
0: And that, my friends, was the great Larry Anderson and another spectacular episode. Not myself, but the, the guest of Pintar for Breakfast. Join us more, hopefully, after the Phillies win the series against the Braves coming this weekend. And then next week, the Giants and White Sox. I will be at, on the call at home, which I'm fired up for. More Pintar for Breakfast with Kevin Franzen coming up next week. Kevin Francis is out of here!